0: Um, we were talking earlier, we gave you an update about the wildfire situation in our province. Fort Chip is sort of the focus right now. Uh, we've got, I don't know, uh, just over a thousand people. They say we evacuated from that community. Um, we've also got a few thousand from other communities. At one point, we were up to about 20,000 people forced from their homes. Uh, most of them have made their way back now. Fire danger has certainly started to diminish in most parts of the province. For example, in Edmonton and surrounding area, the fire ban has been lifted. Uh, also in some national parks, Jasper lifted theirs last weekend. Calgary never had a ban. There are restrictions in place in other parts of the province. So please, please, please double check, no matter where you're going or what you're doing, uh, what the fire restrictions are. Um, just go online and put in an Alberta Fire Restrictions and you'll be able to find out. Um, and then be really, really careful. We're not out of the danger area at all here. Things have gotten better. Things have cooled off. We've got a little bit of rain. It's improved. However, um, the risk is still incredibly high in some parts of the province. Um, the good news through all of this, if there is any good news, is the fact that we've had no deaths reported and very, very few injuries. I was trying to think, and I know there's been a couple of instances where firefighters were injured as part of the firefight, but um, we've had no deaths, very, very few injuries. But that doesn't mean everyone is okay, obviously, because this this takes a toll. I mean, you want to talk about stress. This ramps up your stress to a level that I can't imagine. Uh, I, I, I know what it was like in Fort McMurray when that happened, and that was just this, but on a larger scale. It's the exact same situation. So let's find out exactly what kind of impact this does have. We're going to speak with Dr. Matthew Chow, Chief Medical Officer of Health, TELUS Health, and a former president of the Doctors of BC. Uh, Dr. Chow, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time today. No problem at all. Um so, so this spring, month of May, particular here in Alberta, we have seen tens of thousands of Albertans dealing with what you'd have to call extreme stress, right? Like some of the most extreme stress you can face.
1: Absolutely. And this is coming off of three years, of course, of, of pandemic conditions, uh, restrictions, um, social isolation. So absolutely, the the amount of stress that people are experiencing is extraordinary.
0: What I'm, I'm, if we try and break it down, because I think there's different categories and there's different you know levels of the stress. First of all, let's start with those most severely affected. And those are those people that were told, hey, pack up and get out of your home. Your life is in danger. What's that due to a person, and are there long-lasting effects from that?
1: Yeah, so absolutely, there are there are critical impacts to folks that are directly in a danger zone, that are evacuating, um, that are worried for their homes, their businesses, their livelihoods, um, and those stresses are no different than any type of uh, you know, natural disaster or catastrophe. Uh, it's all about making sure people are safe, uh, because, you know, of course, the property can be restored uh, or replaced. People cannot, and so it's all about making sure people are safe, Uh, And then even those um, that live outside the disaster zone are being impacted, um, you know, receiving people who are displaced, being affected by wildfire smoke. And of course, in the long run, there's also delayed impacts, which is something that medical professionals are becoming more aware of is, you know, weeks or months down the line, people can face obstacles um, that actually originated from the original disaster scenario.
0: In, in what way? I mean, uh, t- uh, give, give me a little more about that in terms of, uh, would that be almost like a post-traumatic stress disorder response, that kind of thing?
1: You got it. Um, we're seeing more and more these days people that uh, initially weather the storm um, and, and look like they're doing quite well, and then weeks or months later start to develop anxiety disorders, depression, uh, post-traumatic symptoms. Sometimes these can seem like they're coming out of nowhere, um, but in fact, they're related to the initial injury. Uh, it's, you can think of it as a type of psychological injury that people experience. Um, basically, I like to think of it as, um, you know, during the initial disaster, you've got your adrenaline running. You're all about um, saving, saving lives and limbs. Uh, you're, you're protecting yourself. You're protecting your family and your community. And then once that adrenaline wears off uh, and you have a chance to take stock. That's when um, some of these mental health uh, conditions can start to uh, declare themselves.
0: What about people who aren't necessarily forced from their homes, but those who were put on alert? I mean, that's stressful too, right? Like, hey, be ready. This could happen. I mean, that puts you on a heightened state of awareness, and uh, that that's got to have an impact too.
1: Exactly, and if you're a resilient individual. If you've had proper rest, if you have a great support network, if you're uh, if you if you've got great social connections, you can be protected against that stress. People can cope very well with that stress. Uh, these days, though, it's it's really rough right now. Um, we've got economic uncertainty. Uh, we've had the lingering uh, impacts from the pandemic. Um, you know, people's livelihoods were disrupted, and so you add this wildfire situation on top of all that, and your cup gets pretty full pretty quickly and and that's why even folks who normally i think would be quite resilient against stresses are experiencing you know more difficulty right now.
0: We know that we could very well be back in a situation next week like we were two weeks ago. We know that. Uh, The conditions can change in a minute. We can have tens of thousands of people once again on evacuation alert or order. Can you prepare? Is there any way, doctor, to sort of, you talk about resilience. I mean, that's all after the fact kind of stuff. Is there any way to prepare yourself for what could be coming your way?
1: Yeah, so I'm a big fan of prevention and being proactive about your mental health. And so now is the time uh, when, when you know, you're out of the danger zone to build up some good habits, get proper rest, uh, get help right now if you're experiencing any type of mental health challenges, if you've been stressed out, if you've experienced symptoms of burnout, if you're using substances, um, if you're using alcohol more than you usually do to cope, uh, now is the time to get help um, because that can prepare your, yourself and your family to deal with anything that might come around the corner, including these natural disasters such as, as wildfires. Um, governments and employers also have a huge role to play. You know, I see that Alberta Health Services, for example, is, has implemented a number of measures to help people in disaster areas, as well as help Albertans overall um, with their physical and mental health. Employers can contribute by making sure that they have um, excellent access to you know, mental health services. You know, the organization I work for, for example, offers something called Total Mental Health. You know, which is a comprehensive uh, mental health strategy for for employers to provide to employees. Um, other employers are 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 offering similar types of programs, um, and and so there's a lot that we can actually do as a community, as a society, uh, to prepare now.
0: I think for a guy like me. Um I wouldn't even realize it. I wouldn't even recognize it. I wouldn't take a second to check in with myself. And I imagine there's a lot of people in a similar situation, get, especially if you've been forced from your home or you're on alert or you've got, I mean, you'd be almost in survival mode at that time. And for me anyway, I think for a lot of people, your mental health is something that we just overlook. Like if if we broke our leg running out of the house, we'd deal with it. But if we're having a huge um, mental health response, we would probably not even be aware of it or we would ignore it. I mean, is there is there any advice you have for people in this position to sort of find out if they're okay and maybe if they should be reaching out? Can you do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, let's start with reaching out. I think that's extremely helpful for people to reach out to their neighbors, to their friends, their family, and just ask them, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? You don't have to be a mental health professional to help your neighbor. Um, simply showing up, um, showing that you care, asking how people are doing. Um, can make an enormous difference for people's mental health by showing that you care and, and making people aware of their own mental health and, uh, and stress and, and, and uh, well-being issues. Um, having a word with yourself, checking in with yourself, you know, checking in on how well you're sleeping, checking in on how much you're using substances, checking in on how much you're drinking, uh, checking in on how you're treating your family and your colleagues. You know, are you getting short with people? You know, are, are you know, meetings. Um, and issues that come up that usually, you know, would be things that would just uh, just uh, uh, you know, be, be inconsequential now, causing you a lot of stress and and, uh, and, and mental distress. All of these things can help uh, help us uh, be proactive about our mental health.
0: You mentioned sleeping. Would that be the most obvious place that it's going to show up? I mean, or or like you say, you're using substances more, but would sleeping disruption, would that be somewhere where it's kind of like, hey, what, what's going on here? Maybe there's something I need to check in on. Would that be the most obvious symptom, if we want to call it that?
1: It's certainly one, one of the symptoms I see as a clinician most frequently with people that are experiencing stress. You know, people end up not being able to sleep or they're waking up really early in the morning um, unintentionally. Or, you know, they're tossing and turning in bed because they're, they're, they're stressed out or anxious or worried about things. Sleep certainly is a, is a symptom of, of underlying mental health issues. It's not the only symptom. There, are, there are a number of different ones. You know, people's energy levels, you know, their personality change. Um, you know, like I said, getting short with people, getting angry or frustrated with people more easily. Um, all of these put together, you know, help professionals such as myself, um, identify when someone's in a lot of distress.
0: Yeah. Great advice. Great info. Uh, Dr. Chow, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it.